You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your hosts, Chris Jennings and Dr. Mike Brazier. Today I've got my co-host with me, Dr. Mike Brazier. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing well, doing well. You know, we've had this conversation offline many times, and it involves being able to properly and effectively identify waterfowl. Now, whether it's in hand or on the fly, um, we've talked about this as far as the hunter's perspective, but I've talked with you about it, even as far as like the biologist's perspective. And you have even brought up along the lines of, you know, birders being able to identify different species of birds in the marsh or, you know, even raptors or whatever. Um, but you kind of had a couple tips and a couple things that you wanted to talk about as far as waterfowl identification and how to improve. So kind of expand on that and let's tell our audience how they can become better waterfowl identification specialists. This topic came about in, in terms of something we might want to talk about on the podcast in response to a couple of publications we saw. Well, actually, I guess it was just one publication we saw last year. But then that reminded me of a publication from the early 90s in which in both of these studies, they, they interviewed in one way or another waterfowl hunters and gauged them on their ability to identify ducks. In one study, they had some mounts, some skins as they're called of male and female ducks of different species, and the researcher who actually was my former supervisor down on the Gulf Coast, went to check stations or, or boat launches, check stations, actually where hunters were leaving the marsh, and presented them, asked them if they wanted to participate, and brought them over to a table and asked them to identify these different study skins that he had, and so he was able to kind of ask them some questions individually and then as a group of hunters to identify the these these birds and then recorded their data. And then there was another study here more recently where the researchers actually showed hunters uh, might have even been conducted at a Ducks Unlimited banquet. I'm not it was at some fundraising event of of mm-hmm. duck hunters and showed duck hunters pictures of four or five different species of waterfowl, both male and female. And in, in both cases, I was kind of surprised at the, quite frankly, how poor waterfowl hunters did in identifying some of these, some of these species. Now, fortunately, in one of the studies, I can't remember which one, but 100% of the people that were asked correctly identified the Drake Mallard. But that <laughs> was, I think, the, I think that was the only species for which hunters were able to identify it with 100 percent, um, you know, 100 percent of the time or 100 percent of the respondents. Some of the others, especially once you get into the females, correct identification rates were probably 30, 40 percent in some cases. And, of course, this is all along the spectrum when you're talking about the species. Fairly consistently, males were identified correctly more often than females. That's to be expected. But nevertheless, that's kind of what brought this up as 
how can, I mean, this is a, a topic worth talking about because it's interesting and fun and rewarding to be able to correctly identify ducks and geese and swans and other birds on the wing, you know, if, you, if you're just a, a fan of birds. But if you're a waterfowl hunter, it becomes really important from a regulatory standpoint, from your from the standpoint of your ability to uh, comply with species specific bag limits that sometimes absolutely um, you know that that often vary based on well that vary based on species and for some species vary within based on you know by sex you know for mallards is the best example. Uh, where there's you can harvest more males than females. So your ability to differentiate these birds before you pull the trigger is paramount for confident harvest uh, and being able to do so without uh, without running afoul of the law. So that's kind of what brought this up in terms of what kind of advice can we give? And I've you know I've been studying ducks and been bird watching for a couple of decades now, and I still am blown away occasionally whenever I go out with with people that are way more skilled at this than I am, that they can see a pair of ducks flying a half a mile away across the sky, and they can tell based on wing beat, shape, whatever the case may be, what kind of duck it is. The same case with bird watchers. You can tell if it's a woodpecker. You can tell if it's uh, and tell what kind of woodpecker based on flight pattern or size and shape and all this. And so, some of the that's what we'll talk about here today. Some of the most basic aspects that we, you want to look for when trying to identify, and we'll we'll talk about ducks, geese, and swans here, include things such mm-hmm. as. And some of these are going to be obvious. So you know, so uh, but we'll try to get into some little tricks somewhere along the way. Size of the bird, obviously, it's going to be important. You know, mm-hmm. uh, geese and swans are larger than ducks. No big surprise there. Um, the color of the bird, if you're able to get good good sunlight on that bird, you you can see some of the color patterns. We've talked on previous episodes about um, about color patterns on on the wing. When you see those wings flash, you can you can certainly. Uh, get some of those key distinguishing characteristics, and so that's a good a good key. The shape of the bird, uh, you might think of the you know the silhouette, the slope of the forehead, the uh, and certainly from below. One of the things that I find really powerful is the shape of the tail on some of the, on some duck species. It really differs. You think about a wood duck being a great example, and contrast it to a gadwall. There, the shape of that. Uh, of that tail when they're in flight is a really good key. Uh, so that's something that that you can uh, pick up on. Now, the, I'll, I'll back up. I have a few, quite a few other kind of characteristics here. But the one thing that I do need to say early on is that to get good at this, just like anything else, it takes practice, practice, practice. You don't get to be a good football, baseball, basketball player, soccer, whatever the case may be, without practice, practice, practice. The same applies here. I'm a, I'm a pretty good um – waterfowl you know identifier even on the wing um but that's something that i still feel like you know i can can do better in and and i've hunted and and kind of just to go back where you're talking about the studies um the guys who were or the hunters who were surveyed in those studies who didn't really do that well um a lot of them were novice hunters as well. So, you know, we kind of have to take right. that into account. And that's something that we have to talk about when you do, you know, we talk about mentoring new hunters and taking people out. And when you take people out hunting, you want 
to get them as involved in the hunt as possible. So you want them to be interested in what kind of duck is that? You know, it's just, you know, is it, it's not just a duck, you know, especially when it comes, like you said, to regulations and things and, you know, being, being able to look up and say, Oh, there's two pintails, you know, with young hunters and new hunters, um, that's pretty impressive. You know, people are all, I've, I've taken a lot of new hunters out. They're like, how did you even know that? And, you know, it's like, well, I've, I've done it for 20 years for one. And, yeah. and, you know, that's something that people just have to, and I also tell them, well, you don't know the difference anyway, so I could just be lying. Right. <laughs> there is that. There is that. <laughs> but no, I wasn't really lying to them. Not that I would have ever done that, you know. <laughs> said said with no. greater confidence that I know what that is based on who was with me. No, I would have never done that. But but no, I think this is a great conversation to have, and I think a lot of people are gonna you know should really you know tune in and, and really take note of some of the some of the different characteristics that that you're getting ready to explain on on how to identify these birds. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Other things that you can look for, and, and again, some of this is like process of elimination because you've got we've got forty plus species of waterfowl in North America, uh, and so some of this is going to be a process of elimination. You're going to be able to kind of compartmentalize things. You'll be able to tell if it's a goose versus a duck, right? And so, then the other thing, once you get into ducks, you can look at differences in things such as the pattern and pace of their wing beat. Divers and sea ducks, your mergansers and birds, golden eyes birds of that nature, are going to have a faster wing beat pattern as opposed to your um, your dabbling ducks. Now you get into the teal and some of these smaller birds and they can be a bit deceptive in the, how fast they're, they're beating their wings. So again, some of this is really nuanced and again, it can only be you can only get good at it through through practice the other thing with respect to practice that i'll mention here and it's just a little uh, it's not really a trick it's just some advice for people take some binoculars with you into the blind if you if you have access to a wetland during during the off season especially if you're in a northern latitude where you have a lot of breeding ducks take some binoculars out to a wetland and just watch ducks it's a great thing to do but if you're hunting Take some binoculars with you. A lot of times you see birds off in the distance that are nowhere near to decoy and they're not going to decoy. And you've got plenty of downtime where you can look at, take those binoculars and look at the birds off in the distance, study their wing beat patterns, study their shape, uh, birds that are flying high overhead, or maybe after you've, you've gotten your limit, stay out there for a, a little bit longer. We've talked about wanting to get out of there as soon as possible to avoid additional disturbance. But, you know, you could spend a few extra time, a bit extra time just watching the birds using your binoculars. Mm -hmm. It's a great thing to do. Um, other things that we can't really get into all the specifics of and like what does this duck species' tail look like compared to this duck species' tail. You know, we can't. These are just sort of broad categories of things that you will want to look for and try to take note of when you're looking at different species. Um, the shape of the tail, I've kind of already mentioned that movement of these of these birds. If you're if you if you're a hunter, you will know that mallards come into the decoys at a typically at a different sort of uh, pace and manner 
as opposed to teal or canvas backs. You can use some mm-hmm. of those things to kind of help you before you pull the trigger, figure out what kind of bird it is you're going to be shooting. Another great one that I'm sure everyone is going to will know about is the, your sound, uh, your ability to listen for these birds. Now, we probably all know someone who said they can tell what species of bird it is just based on the way the wind cuts through the wings of these birds. I don't know that anyone is that good to identify every single species based on that. But it's not much of a stretch to say that if you hear some, if you hear the wind ripping through some wings over the uh, over behind you that sounds like a, uh, a formation of fighter jets, it might be some species of diver that's ripping down through the um, through the sky and, and diving into your decoys. The same thing with teal; they come in with with certain reckless abandon sometimes. It seems so. Just kind of pay attention to that. You pick up on a lot of these things just subliminally. The more you're out there, you begin to associate these movements, patterns, sounds. Uh, obviously, the calls of ducks, you know, wood ducks, which who among us as duck hunters haven't been in the blind early early in the morning and heard a wood duck uh, whistling, female wood duck whistling as it c- comes through the through the timber or through the through the brush um other good examples of trying to identify what it is based on sound would be a drake mallard a uh, drake widgeon drake pintail they each have their distinctive whistles and you can hear those in many cases hear those birds long before uh, you even see them so kind of keep that in mind as well um and and then some other things that i guess you might say are where you are, where you are on the continent, uh, and what type of habitat you're in, you can begin to kind of uh, compartmentalize the duck species that you're most likely to see depending on where you are. And that helps you hone down the number of birds that you're trying to identify as you're kind of rolling, th- going through your mental Rolodex of all the different species that it could possibly be. You know, if you can eliminate some of those from uh, likely occurrence, then that's going to be uh, a good thing. So, uh, let me see here, Chris. I'm just looking at my list and trying to see if there's anything else. Uh, I think those are some of the, the biggest ones. A lot of this, again, practice, 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 and you will pick up on these things subliminally. I learned uh, I learned how to identify ducks, and I guess I should say this. All of these other traits that I've talked about here give you hints as to what duck it might be. Uh, mm-hmm. farther off in a, farther off in a, at a distance as those birds get closer there is no replacement for the ability to identify based on their plumage characteristics um, and that information there's for a ducks unlimited member there's really no excuse for not being able to identify um, the majority of waterfowl species both drakes and hens because there are hundreds of pictures, I don't know if hundreds, but certainly dozens of pictures of waterfowl in every single Ducks Unlimited magazine. That's actually how I learned. One of the ways that I learned to identify ducks early on is through the Ducks Unlimited magazine. Uh, I don't know if we still do, but we would at one time we had the species identified on most of the pictures. I think we probably still do, don't we? Most of them. And then we also have, you know, in the Marsh Watch section, you have the the kind of the quiz. Uh, the, the waterfowl ID where you, you, you basically, you know, try and pick out the species in the, in the image and then we provide the answers. Um, and as well as, you know, ducks.org, there's a, a just a robust uh, resource. And, they, and even on ducks.org and in the DU app, you know, we include 
sounds, videos, images of every species, you know, every North American species. So like you said, there's not really um, a, a great excuse to not be able to identify these birds. That's right. There are tons of resources out there. And, you know, quite frankly, we as waterfowl hunters, I don't, I don't want to really sound like I'm getting on a soapbox, but this is just my personal feeling on this is that we as waterfowl hunters should really be the best at identifying the ducks that we're harvesting. That's kind mm-hmm. of a fundamental responsibility of ours to be able to identify these birds before we pull the trigger. Um, I get that in many cases for some species, it's really difficult and it, it can, that difficulty can be amplified if you're in poor light conditions and under certain situations. But, you know, it, it is a very important responsibility of ours to be among the best uh, in the entire conservation and birding community at identifying waterfowl um, so that's that's what that would be my goal for for our waterfowl hunting um, community is to be among the best at identifying them. And some of our scientific studies right now tell us that that's probably not the case. Those so there's room for improvement, and it takes time, it takes practice, but it's really cool once you develop those skills. Yeah, no, and it gives people you know a real sense of um, you know community to be able to being able to identify. I've been around people and and guys who have hunted for decades and you know you're at a marsh or something and you can oh there's a there's a widgeon right there oh i didn't see the widgeon oh you know there's a pintail mm-hmm. you know it really gives people a, you know a sense of identity as a as a waterfowler as a conservationist to be able to identify birds like that and I, I used to get a bunch of the emails um even some of the social media stuff where you know we'd get messages coming in even on instagram people will you know message hey we shot this duck we don't know what it is and i would say that roughly 70 percent of them that we get were golden eye hens. And so, you know, I would kind of reach out to our audience, just say, hey, you know, take a take a real good look at some of the the diving duck species that are probably more misidentified than just about anything. I mean, I think most people, yeah. there, very few people are going to miss on the pintail, um, especially when it's sitting right in front of you. Um, you know, yeah. some of a redhead hen and a ringneck hen gets a little close, you know, sometimes. Um, I've seen a lot of people misidentify those, but, you know, I see the diving ducks get a little, little more misidentified than others. So uh, focus on that. And that's a great point. I can't believe that I omitted one of the, um, one of the key features that we can look look at on ducks to identify to help identify what it is, and that's bill shape, bill structure. Golden mm-hmm. eye is a perfect example. It's sort of a shorter, stubbier bill compared to uh, some of the, compared to a merganser to kind of take it to the extreme. A saw bill, as, as they're sometimes called, shovelers is the same same way. You know, so there are some of those birds, uh, scoters, you can kind of go down the line. Uh, some of those birds have very distinctive bills, and so that's another trait that you use. And you also made a good point about relying on your hunting partners. And this is one of the other things that the studies demonstrated is that the identification rate whenever the hunters got together as a group was higher than for each of those hunters individually on average. And just, it makes sense, right? The wisdom of crowds type thing in, in some uh, some application of that. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed to ask your hunting partner that may be better than you at identifying ducks for assistance in identifying. And when they say, oh yeah, look at the pair of pintails over there flying, don't be afraid to ask them. How did what tipped you off that those were pintails? How did you know? And chances are they will be able to tell you, oh, well, you know, their neck's a little bit longer, a little maybe a bit more sleeker, and you see how you're they're doing this. And chances are those people that have that skill are going to enjoy sharing it 
with you. They most people kind of take pride in being able to um, to share that knowledge. And so, if you're one of those people, the other side of this, if you are one of those people that has that knowledge and uh, and are willing to share it, thank you for doing so. And I would encourage all everyone that has that knowledge to really look for opportunities to do so. Uh, we can educate ourselves as a collective community, and I think it's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Waterfowl ID is extremely important. Like you said, it's a, a great thing for Ducks Unlimited members, supporters uh, to know for waterfowl hunters, for conservationists, even birders to learn more about these spectacular birds and, and all these various different species throughout North America. Um, Mike, I appreciate this has been you know eye opening for me. Um, I know I, I even even as someone who's hunted for 20 years, you know, I, I still you know, I'm not afraid to ask or even look up on the DU app like, oh, you know, what was that? Or especially, you know, I was in Canada and we were shooting, you know, scoters and I was lost. So, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, even if you've done it for 20 years, it's still a good idea to have a have a handy guide and, and a pair of binoculars on hand. That's right. And re- do a re- little refresher course before the hunting season every year. Just have your your uh, bird identification guide, if it's Sibley's guide, if it's National Geographic, if it's just something online, just, you know, make it just be one of the things that you do to prepare for the waterfowl hunting season. Uh, hey, look at it this way. It's another day that you can, uh, it's, it's another thing that you can fill your hours or days leading up to the hunting season doing, you know, it just kind of helps to bridge that gap of those summer doldrums in between the closing and opening of the of hunting season. So, yeah to look at it that way. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Mike. And I'd like to thank our producer, Clay Baird, for producing the Ducks Unlimited podcast. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, uh, for definitely for touching up on your waterfowl ID uh, before the season and also for listening to the podcast and supporting Wetlands Conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.